God is good. You should be able to find uh, today's message on the uh, Uversion Bible app event. Uh, as well as uh, uh, we have a PowerPoint up here, you can look at it. We are still going through the series of messages called Life in the Spirit. And, and my goal today is uh, to be very brief, but yet very clear of what God is saying in the midst of us. And uh, I was planning to preach 30 minutes, but I think I, think I can preach a little longer because we are moving quickly. Uh, you know, often, not always, but sometimes when I pray, ask God for a title of the message, sometimes he gave. Today, he gave me the title of the message. You know, I was, you know, and I do that often, and I ask God, you know, knowing the passage that God, that God wanted us to sp- uh, me to share on, and I asked for the title, and really the thought God gave me was open heaven. So I had to go back and say how that title fits into today's message. It fits perfectly into today's message. What I want to do, uh, actually I'm going to cover one whole chapter of Book of Acts, chapter 10, 48 verses, which means I really need to uh, uh, quickly move. But what I want to do is I want to tell you the story and read the scriptures on, but I may not read it every every passage, but we're gonna. I'm gonna tell the story about open heavens. If in, in this today's story in Book of Acts chapter ten, you'll find at least three open heaven accounts. Okay, three open heavens accounts. One with a Gentile Roman soldier named Cornelius, and another with Apostle Peter, and the thirdly a open heaven with the Gentile gathered at Cornelius' house. We're going to look at it very closely, and I believe is, this is very significant passage in the Bible, very significant message in the Bible. Let me say something before, one, one thing before I begin. I really believe often this is true, that God moves in our lives, often we do not know the significance of it. Often we see God do things in our life, even give some kind of uh, events and encounters or uh, appointments God grant in our life, we often do not know how significant it is. But that's what happens in today's passage, a uh, story with Apostle Peter. And often even us, even after 2,000 years, we, do not, we may not know how important this story is. This story is so important in the life of the church. It is one of those very significant stories, and I want you to see that in that way. Meaning that often God moves in our lives, God guides us. Sometimes what, what we think is a small thing may be a, a, a whole lot more significant than we thought it is. Let's pray. Father, I just ask today, as you come in the beautiful, glorious name of our Lord Jesus, that you will reveal your heart to us, that you will come and meet us here. We want more than a teaching. We want more than a message. We want to see your face. We want to encounter you, God. We want to know your ways, know your heart, God. We ask you to draw near. We ask, I ask for open heaven here today. Open heaven, God. We love you. We honor you. We say you are good. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. The title, as I said, is Open Heaven. This is a picture I found on Google. I'm not artistic, so... I feel like God is opening some doors for us. 
And this is really the theme that God has given us, the word promise God has given us as you begin the year, 2018. And as the, the weeks and months go, I feel like this is true. And Pastor Mimi and I, we talked about this. We thought the promise God has given us in January 2018 doesn't stop to this year. I think it's supposed to continue at least under the year next year. We'll go back. We'll look at that a little bit. Today's text, Acts chapter 10. You can follow along on the Bible, uh, Bible app as well. If you, and the link is on the, um, on the uh, our church uh, uh, Facebook page. Anyhow, let's, let's go through this. I want to remind you the, the organizing, the sensual promise and the verse God gives in Book of Acts as a, new, as a church, as a new covenant begins. It's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. If you look at this promise, it looks like very geographical from Jerusalem to Samaria and Judea to the remotest part of the earth. What you'll find today in today's message, today's story, is that this is not just geographical. It is also relational. It is also you know, ethnic boundaries and all different things. whole lot more than we think about it. So uh, I want to... So what, in chapter 10 of Book of Acts, let me begin by a couple of verses here. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. In today's uh, story, what you find is a Roman soldier. This is a Roman soldier. In Roman, uh, Roman uh, military system in those days, were uh, organized in this way, there, was, uh, there were legions with the 6,000 soldiers. On the, the legion, there were 10 cohorts, which, uh, which have about 600 men each. Under each co cohort, there will be a centurion, which handles 100 men. So he is one of those men. He's not a commissioned officer. He's more like major sergeant, sergeant major these days. He, but yet, Roman army was really, the backbone of the Roman army was centurions who, who, who lead the soldiers. He is this man. And apparently this, this centurion was not only a military man, he was a very nobleman. He says he was a devout and, and God-fearing man. And that is a very specific word. When it's a God-fearing in, in the Bible, that means these Gentile, Gentiles who are not Jewish people who come close to the Judaism, they, didn't, well, they were not baptized or took on the law, but they would worship in the synagogues and they would follow the rules of, rules of the ways of the, uh, Judaism and, the worship, and, and worship God. They are what we call God-seekers, seekers of God. But they are not Jews yet. This man, this, he, this is a guy, a Roman Gentile who was seeking God. But he was also a good man, generous man. 
He was generously giving to the poor. He was also a praying man. And then something happens to this man. And Bible says one afternoon about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, this angel knew his name. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. He has an open vision and an angel coming to him, calling him by name. Open heaven. And the angel replied, your prayer, prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. He's not a Jew. He's not a people of God yet. He's just a seeker of God. Yet the angel says, heaven is open to you because of your prayers, because of your generous living, heaven opened up to you. Now send some man to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. The angel says, your prayers and your uh, deeds, uh, generous deeds to the poor has been heard by God. Heaven is opened. Now, I'm, I give you a command, go and find this man, Simon Peter. He's saying, this city, this place, bring him, call him to come to you. There's open heaven happened. Now, um, first heaven opened to a Gentile. Because he was a seeker of God, his prayers was not, I mean, other, his prayers are lifted up to God and what he did was acceptable to God. He's not saved yet, but heaven is open to him. You see, this is significant because when Jesus was baptized, Bible says heaven opened. They symbolically saying until then, heaven was not open to people. People are not acceptable to God because of their sins. When Jesus Christ came, when he got baptized, heaven opened. And the Holy Spirit came upon him, and the God, the Father, speaks out of heaven and says, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. This is when I baptize our members. I love to take you into the ocean and dunk you in the water and talk about this, how heaven opened for you and how God speaks you out of heaven. Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here, heaven is open to him. Because of his heart and his prayer, his uh, devout life. Now, and as soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. He told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. Now, so this uh, Roman Gentile soldier sends few men, three men, to look for this Peter. Now, while this is happening, something is happening, happening to Peter, Apostle Peter. Last week, the reason we took time to talk about the story of Tabitha last week was because God was setting, us, setting him ready for what's going to happen with Cornelius. That's why we took time to look at it. God was setting things up because God is going to do something amazing for God's people. And Peter needed a lot of preparation. God was preparing Peter for something. God is good. I'm sorry, I'm a little getting warm here. I feel comfortable taking my shirt off because I'm, I feel slimmer. I'm not as big as I used to be. Okay, God is good. Uh, now look at what it says. And then it's a, at the same time, Peter is having a vision. Let me go on the story. The next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof 
to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry. Just like me, about noon, you're hungry, and he's praying, but he's hungry. But while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance, and he began to have a vision. You look at what it says. And he saw heaven opened. I don't know if you notice. I changed the translation here, NLT to NIV, next one, because NIV was more, will use the words I was looking for. And he saw heaven opened as something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. He's having a vision. He see heaven opening and this white sheet with four corners, full square, full, full sheet coming down from heaven. Right? Then, and in the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, Get up. Peter, you're hungry. Kill and eat. Okay? You, know, you, you think it's like, you know, he's hungry, maybe having a dream. No, this really God is showing something to him. And, and, and Peter says, no, Lord. He says no to God. I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have this declared impure and unclean. I've never eaten anything not kosher. He's a Jew. I have never eaten anything not kosher in my whole life. But the voice spoke again, do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. And, and, and voice speaks out of heaven and says, no, what I, what I made clean, you don't call it unclean. It may look unclean to you, but I made it clean. And then goes, and the same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. Now Peter has his vision. And Cornelius had a vision. Peter had had three visions now. There's reason why he had three visions three times. Because, this, because you know, it was difficult for Peter to accept the vision. It was not easy. And they're telling him to eat something that he has never eaten. Let me tell a two-minute story. I remember uh, about, few, about, about four years ago, a girl from uh, Turkey visited at summertime. It was a sister of the girl that I met in, in, in the uh, pastor Andrew Bronson's church. Um, uh, Huli, uh, um, she came and she was actually going to uh, Eastern Shore and one of the beach, beach to really work for summer. This, you know, that... that, that uh, they come and work in the summer, and they get to experience America. Anyway, I remember I wanted to show her good things. I wanted to really bless her. I took her to uh, the Crab House, Harris Crab House, what occurs in a Chesapeake Bay Bridge, right? And I took her there and got the, the largest jumbo crabs, a dozen. Me and Abby is with me and, and her. We, I, I got this expensive big crabs. And she would not touch it. She, we had some corn. She ate some corn. So we ended up throwing a whole crabs. And I was not happy. And she, she's, a, she's a Christian girl. Later I realized she's from the Middle East. They don't eat crabs. You know, they, not only the Muslims do not eat crabs, they don't eat pork. But even Christians living in the area do not eat crabs. Because those are unclean things. I didn't realize that. I should have bought us a hamburger. 
anyway, but here in the Apostle Peter, just like every other Jew, Jewish people, you will not eat anything not kosher. You know, and the thing is that what's happening really is that even though Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in, in, in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the end of the earth, they didn't understand it was for all people. They thought until now it was for Jewish people all over, scattered all over the world. They couldn't go beyond Jewishness. And God has to not change their mind and the heart and understanding. It is not easy for them to get there. God gives them a vision and dream to convince him. Look what it says. Why, why is the queen now? Okay. Okay. Oh, okay this, just, just see. Okay, all right. Open heaven, vision for Peter. Repeat it three, three times. There's a reason why it's three times. Look at what it says. And Peter was very perplexed. What could the vision mean? Just then men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, Holy Spirit said to him, three men have come looking for you. Now you see the three, why the vision was three times, right? Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, for I have sent them. Now, and when he goes down, he finds, he finds that these three people are Gentiles, not Jewish people. You know, as Jew, he's not supposed to associate with them. You don't let them in their house. You don't go to their house either. But okay. you're having issues with this okay, screen. Okay. So Peter went down and said, I am the man you are looking for. What have you, why have you come? Nice one now. Okay. They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man. Well respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. And now Peter's hearing what this Gentile three visitors are saying. How this man named Cornelius had a vision and an angel told him to summon him to his house. Now uh, Peter now decides to go to Cornelius' house. That's the, what story goes on to say. Now he says, so Peter invited the men to stay for the night. Even that is a big deal. He let them come in the house, Gentile into the house, because for a Jewish person, if people bring Gentiles into your house, you defile your house. You don't do that. That's why when they came, they were outside asking, is Peter here? Because they knew the rules. But Peter invited them in. They stayed overnight. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from the Joppa, from Joppa. I bet this is the first time I bet you where Peter walked along with Gentile for like 30-mile journey. He first time he actually led Gentile into the his in the house, and he's now walking a journey, going and then going to Gentile's house. This is very, very significant. And they arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. This Cornelius has a vision. Now as he was waiting for this man named Peter to come, he got all the family relatives to come. And they all gathered here. 
As Peter entered his home, Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up saying, stand up, I'm human being just like you. What are you doing? So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Now Peter is going into the house of a Gentile where all the Gentiles are gathered. Peter told him, you know it is against our laws for a Jewish man like me to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. This is a brand new, this is totally radical thing. This is totally new as Jewish people. Now, if I stop and make a little explanation is that the reason some of this, there's such a history behind this. I mean, I know, we, we know... We know from the Bible how Jewish people, want, they're one of the most ethnocentric people. They, they thought they were the only people of God. And some of it really was, a lot of it was because God said, you are my people. God took them out from the older nations, made them their people. But not only that, because they went through thousands of years of history of being enslaved and taken into slavery and all kind, and they had to keep the identity as people of God. They had to really learn to say who we are. We are not like them. They had, they made their rules to make sure that they are God's people. They had dietary laws to make sure that we do not live like those who does not know God. We're going to live like the people who belong to God. Some of it was for protective measure for them to be living as God's people. But it became to the point where it's us against them. We are better than them. God called us, came in. And for even the, when Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, made the, made the good news to all people, it took a long time for them to get to realize their uh, racism, their what do you call boundaries, their limited, limited sight. God was, have, had to change his mind, change his thought. But, but, but God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came, I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. This is not, wasn't easy to Peter at all. Next chapter, chapter 11 Peter, when he goes back to Jerusalem, he has explained to the other apostles why he did what he did. They had to be convinced as well. The, the, let me stop here and say, I need to say something which will happen way down the line. Apostle Paul, Saul was called and came, became, came to know Christ right before this. You see, Paul was going to become uh, apostles to Gentiles, but that can only happen if the church as a whole understands this. Peter opened the door for Paul to be able to go and be apostles to Gentiles. You see, church as a whole had to have be open to this thing. God was opening a door here through Peter, who was a leader of the church, so that gospel be made clear to all people to come. Let me go on to, it says, Cornelius replied, four days ago I was praying in my house about this same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes, angel, was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. And now send messenger to Joppa 
and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the house of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here, waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given to you. As I read that line, last line, it brought me back when I went to Urbana Mission Conference first time, 1979. Uh, and the Number of the things at the conference, God wrecked my heart. One of the one of the uh, one of the speaker missionary, uh, Marilyn Laszlo, what she shared broke all of us. The fourteen thousand college students in that conference, and she was a school teacher, two single school teachers, about twenty six years old. After after college, after getting their degree, they spent four or five years paying up all the debts. And got ready, they went into Papua New Guinea as missionaries. And to one of the remote villages where they have to take, they have to not only fly into the city, but also uh, take three days of boat journey into the way into the jungles, but not, and to a people group. This people group had 800 people, their own language. These two ladies went and lived there, you know, and you know, as two white women in that, in that village, and learning their language. And, and they're turning their language into written language and then translated the Bible into their, into their language and they taught people their language into written language so they can, they can read the Bible and they taught the Bible. took 18 years to have the Bible ready and they shared the gospel. In that time, these people came to know Christ. One of the stories they told almost at the end of their testimony was that and apparently uh, what about Later in the years, being with the tribal people, a group of people from another group, way more in, inland, happened to came by because they needed some medical supply. They came and stayed with them, them and saw what was happening. Before they left, they said, can you come and visit us? Can you come and visit us? And, and after about three, four months, they felt so burdened the promise they made, made that we will visit you. So they decided to go. They took another couple of days of boat journey and many days of walking into the woods to get to the village. When they got to the village, they saw in a village, this village, brand new building in the middle of the village. So they, Marilyn asked, what is that? They said, it's the house of God. And, and she asked, do you have missionary here? We have a pastor here teaching you about God. No, we don't. And they told her, still makes me, we are waiting for you to come and tell us about God. I remember hearing that, 14,000 of us, we all wept. The people were waiting for someone to come and tell them about Jesus Christ. He says, we are all here waiting before God to hear the message the Lord has given to you. This man was seeking God out of the Roman, a horrible culture and, and the background he is from. He's now seeking after God. He's not a people, he's, he didn't become baptized or he didn't become a Jew yet, but he's seeking God through God. His life already shows that he has a lot of things are changing. He now has a praying man. He's, he's living a really generous life, seeking God. He is waiting 
And this, see, I don't know if you can see this, how God was preparing, God was organizing all these things. This man was seeking God, and to Cornelius, God gives a vision. On the same day, God gives Peter a vision to change his heart, that he's willing to come to their house. As, as, as Peter comes here against all the rules and all the habits, all the regulations he was he learned going against all that came all the way to this house, and they begin to hear the gospel. Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. God does not show any favoritism. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Not just Jewish people, but in any nation, in every nation, anyone who is seeking God does what is right, is acceptable to God. This is something that he has to learn by God opening heavens with the revelation. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel preaching peace. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. I highlighted the word all. Not Jewish people. To all. You yourselves know the things which took place throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee after the baptism which John proclaimed. Talking about Jesus right here. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. But God was with him. He's continued to talk about who Jesus was. We are witnesses of all these things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. And, and I bet, I, we know that Pabi, Cornelius already heard about stories about Jesus that's happening, all that. But now Peter is witnessing to him what Christ ha, has done. God raised him up on the third day, granted him, Granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. That is, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. He's saying, Jesus died, but he is resurrected. We saw him resurrected. We are witnesses of him. And he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. Everyone who believes in him through Jesus Christ receives forgiveness. Amen. So now as Paul, uh, Peter is speaking God's message to them. Something happens to them. Amazing. While Peter was still speaking these words, Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers, the Jewish believers who, were, who came with Peter was amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out to all on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speak, speaking with tongues and exalting God. Not that every person who become Christian should speak in tongue. But here, God 
poured out, poured out Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is poured out here and His Holy Spirit gives gifts and speaking tongues, so, uh, showing them what's happening to these Gentiles is exactly what happened first time in book of Acts 2. Where when, when the, the 120 were gathered in the upper room, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, same is happening to the Gentiles. The same, they're receiving same Spirit of God. What God gave to Jewish uh, followers of Christ, exactly God was doing to the Gentiles here. God was making it very clear what he's doing. Everyone, not just Jews, everyone are open to receive Christ and come to him and the Spirit of God is given unto them. They were speaking in tongues and prophesying all that because God is declaring to them, to the Peter and others, to see what God is doing with Gentiles. See, open heaven happens right here. Open heaven happened here. God, Holy Spirit, pouring out his gifts upon people who trust in Jesus. This is the third Open heaven right here. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Can he? They already received the Holy Spirit. Why can we? Why should we not baptize them? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They received the Holy Spirit already, got saved, then they got baptized. Then they asked them, they asked Peter and his companion to stay a little longer for a few more days with them. Now, let me, I, I want to I say a few things. I think the story is very clear. But, and I know this is not something new to us. I know, I know something, we know this well, but I think it applies to us very important because we live in a very, very divided generation. Racism is a big deal. People are being divided in different categories is a big deal. What we need to hear in this generation is the truth about peace that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? This is very important to us. You see, the open heaven, all that happened, I realized as I was preparing the message, open heaven, God gave these open heavens. Why? Because God wanted to open heart. Open, open, a lot of times we think about open heaven, all these things are very spiritual, some experiences. When God, what main point God wanted to do was open hearts. If you look at the Bible, when God, God showed up and do miracles and all that, God was opening people's hearts. This is why God spoke to Abraham. Because God was going to begin his uh, uh, journey of salvation. He's bringing him out of his home to a new place so that he will be the father of faith to all the peoples. This open heaven happened so that because God was changing the heart here. Do we, do we see those around us as potential heirs of grace? Do we view those who are different from us and who do things we do not approve of as candidates for the kingdom? Our attitude makes all the difference. If we are anti-Semitic, we will never lead a Jew to Christ. If we have written off a relative, he or she may be written off for eternity. You know what I'm getting at here, right? I'm, I'm quoting, no, that's not my word. I'm quoting uh, Kent Hughes. C.S. Lewis said, next to the blessed sacrament, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to you, to your senses. More, other than the uh, holy sacraments, 
people that God has given you, neighbors, are the most holy thing God has given to you to meet with, interact with. Would we dare take four-cornered napkin, write names of all the people we dislike and despise and do not and cannot and will not love, but which we have in fact said, by no means, Lord. I'm quoting um, uh, the author that Kent Hughes is mentioning. Uh, here's the thing. Don't, you know, the God gave vision to Peter to change his mind. When that, that white sheet, four corner sheet coming up from heaven with all the animals in it, God is saying, kill and eat. No, Lord, I cannot do that. And if you think about it, they are, I bet you, if you can imagine a white sheet with things in it that we are not comfortable with. It may be some people that we think they do not, how can, they, God, how can God love them? They cannot, be, they cannot be acceptable to God, whatever. We, have, we do these kind of things. We do these things. Often maybe not, clear, not, not you know, uh, verbally maybe, but inside. I was you know, sort of doing a little bit of Googling this morning. Uh, the most hated people in, in our country. Think about it. Who are the most hated people in our country, you think? Think about it. Who are the most hated people in our country? You can name, you know, um, think about it. Right? I think our generation, we hate racism, right? And, and we have called this, uh, all different things. And also, as Christians, certain people with different behaviors, or looks, whatever it might be, we do not want to associate with. We don't want to be near with. We are uncomfortable with, you know, and, and we need our mind, our hearts need to be changed. What, who would you write in that white sheet? If I, I was thinking of maybe getting, giving white handkerchief to all of you, like an object lesson, to see what names, people would you put it in there as my unthinkable, untouchable people in my life. I'll be very honest. You know, as a Christian, as a pastor, you know, and because we left our denomination, PCUSA, because of homosexual ordination and that the redefinition of marriage issues, and I, and often it is easy for me, as a, as a Christian or even pastor, you know, and to, to certain people of with all the gender issues going on, as people that I'm not comfortable with. You know, and when people say, oh, I'm a gay Christian, you know, and for me that sounds so oxymoron. Anyway, but I had to rethink about things clearly before God. And, and, I, and, and this is why I spent time reading a number of books on you know, uh, ex-lesbian gays who came to know Christ and what they are saying about that gay and lesbian community and the issues they are going through. And to how I can love them as God wants me to love them and thank them rightly. You see, you know, I'm, I'm learning. One of the things I learned was that person who is a gay or lesbian, when they are saved, they are not supposed to become uh, straight or heterosexual. They are supposed to become followers of Christ. 
Some of you think that you are Christian. You, you become a, since you become a Christian, you're automatically supposed to be heterosexual. I'm not saying homosexuality is okay. But the thing is, we, some of you have a lot of assumptions. We think of things not quite really right way. Now, I need to take time to explain this a little more because I'm confusing all of you about my views. But, not. but meaning that because a person who is in the gay and lesbian lifestyle become a Christian doesn't mean they have to become a, a heterosexual and marry, get married and have children, whatever. That's not, that's, that might not be what it is. They may still have, they may have all their life this struggles in, the, in, the, in them about sexuality issues. Maybe they are to live faithfully before God where they are. Not living according to other things, but living rightly before God. That doesn't mean they have to become heterosexual. Now, I'm, I'm, I still didn't clear this. I, I, I did, still didn't, I'm not clear about this. I'm not very clear on this, am I? I need to, time to explain more. But what I'm getting, I'm learning to see biblically what God says. All people are invited into Christ to come to know God and meet God. And what, what, what God does with them, how they, how they what, what God do, does with them is God's business. It's not me to decide what, how they should behave. God will work with that. God will love those people. And they are coming to Christ to meet Christ, the Lord of our lives. And he will walk with them. He will talk with them. He will guide them in the way they need to go. Let me go on. I got stuck here a little too long. Never write anyone off. I, I, I know I put this up a couple of weeks ago. Never write anyone off. God can reach anyone. God can reach anyone, including me, including you. Who are the person or people in your four-cornered sheet? Is God asking you to open your heart? Is God asking you to open your heart to people that you are not comfortable with? You are not easily uh, loved. It may, it's not just a geographical thing. It is not, might not be just, you know, ethnic, what it go, racial thing. It might be a whole lot more than that. Our nation is divided in many different ways. And the gospel teaches about God's love for us. What rules or traditions and habits would you need to break to obey God? Think about that. open heaven. God gave open heavens. Not only to open hearts, but also open doors. Open doors. Open heaven, open heaven, was, a, open heaven was about open door. God is opening door here to Peter. Cornelius would not have been saved if no one had taken him the gospel. And no one will be saved today without the gospel. Isn't that true? Somebody had to go to Cornelius and share the gospel. But Jewish laws, rules at the time said, you do not associate with Gentiles. You do not talk with them. You do not associate with them. How do they hear the gospel unless somebody goes? God was changing Peter's heart. And God was going to change the part of the leaders of the church for them to embrace the full gospel that Jesus is bringing. I know we 
We believe that we understand this thing, but it's practically our way. Do we really believe this? Practically, do we really, really love as God calls us to love? The important point of application in this passage is that God is at work, isn't it? God is at work. When God is ready to expand his church, he moves into situation in his sovereign way and opens doors. This time God gave visions and angelic visitations to open doors, open hearts. Now, William, what I'm, what I'm getting at is often we are looking at open heaven and, and this experience is in a little bit off-centered way. I believe open heavens and all these that God was giving so that God opened hearts and especially so that his love will go forth. It isn't about just me. God is revealing his heart, his ways, that we may be Samaritan, good Samaritan, right? To those hated people, the people that you do not associate, to show them love. That we are called to be like Jesus who reached out and touched a leper who was unclean, and I want you to be healed. What door is God opening for you? God is at work, even through visions and angelic visitations. God is at work. He is at work. God is bringing people so that we can meet and talk to people. You don't know how happy this week has been for me. I was so happy throughout this week. And something that happened on Monday just Made my, made my whole year. I, I met up with a couple, you know, Mondays I go to college campus to pray for the campus and meet up with students. And I got to meet a couple girls on Monday and, and, and I think with one of them I talked about how I love to disciple people. I want to see people become mature and grow in Christ and, you know, and, and know how to live their lives before God. And, and, and next day that girl texts me I have three other girls with me. Will you disciple us? You don't know. I, I, was, I was flying in air for a whole week. I didn't say, let's do discipling. No, no. And this girl texted me. I'm so happy. And, and I feel like I'm coming back, coming alive in me. Reminded me 29 years ago when I came to Maryland first time. When I started a church. When I was at the church here. And I wanted to build a church upon discipline. I want people to become mature Christians, know how to think right before God, know how to self-sustain, know how to follow Christ and live God's ways. And I remember Pastor Mimi was in, Pastor Mimi and, uh, and 12, 11 other high school kids, 12 of them were in, my, in that group. One whole year we met every Tuesday, night, every Tuesday afternoon. And, you know, and I was the happiest man that, that year. And that Tuesday afternoon, I met with high school students. That evening, I went to UMBC and met with, I think, eight college students, disciple them. And I, I'll come back home at midnight. I, I remember I'll be lying on my bed, smiling. At midnight, I'm so tired, dead tired, because I left home at 4.30. I'm dead tired at midnight. I cannot sleep because I'm so happy to see people becoming mature in Christ, loving God. I'm just, I was just in heaven. God helping us to grow, and God opening doors. God is connecting people. God is working in our lives so that we can meet with those 
who is preparing to, so they may come to know Christ. Can I have the priest to come? God is good. God is working in our lives. I believe God is working in our lives to connect people. So we may, God's opening doors so we may share his love with people. Especially those we are not comfortable with. Especially those we, are, we have never um, been easy with. But if we are, willing, to, we are willing, willing and obedient, God will use us. Amen? Let's all stand. And uh, I know some of us are going to the wedding. It's an hour and 20 minute ride. So you have to hurry up and get up there. So, But anyhow, I'm praying for God to open heaven in our midst. Maybe a little different than the word we usually thought about. I'm asking God to open heavens, to open our hearts, open His ways, so we may love people as God wants us to love and touch people as God wants us to touch. And beyond open door are people that He loves. Beyond open doors are people that He cares about.